He has a nose for news and a face for radio. You're listening to Price's Highway, the podcast with your host, Steve Price. Buckle up, Spring Hill Metroplex, and enjoy the ride. Ripavilla Plantation may have a new battle on its hands, and it's involving its contract with the city. More and more transplants from all over the country now call our area home. Hear what they're saying about it. Learn about two terrible events that changed the landscape of Spring Hills downtown. Plus, we're discussing the three B's, body training, baseball, and barbecue with Mr. Barbecue himself. Chris Davis. These stories and much, much more right here on Price's Highway, the podcast. Giddy up. Let's do this thing. You're listening to Price's Highway presented by Price Sells Homes. Don't think twice. Call Carrie Price at 615-497-3317. That's 615-497-3317. Now back to the podcast. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Price's Highway, the podcast. If you haven't joined the Facebook group already, you need to do that. It's facebook.com slash groups slash Prices Highway. Click that join button and would love to have you. In fact, the latest question, well, it's not really the latest question. One of the questions I asked earlier was, uh, have you moved here from other parts of the country? Well, even the world. Besides climate, what are some of the most significant differences, good and bad, that may have surprised you? Well, Reagan wrote, traffic infrastructure worse here than in Texas and Indiana. Well, I can kind of vouch for Texas. I I like how in Texas they have that feeder road that goes along the interstate. If you've never seen one of these, it's great. So if there's a bad accident on the interstate, you're not stuck for hours and hours. You can get off the next ramp and you're kind of on your way. You get stoplights and all that. So traffic backs up, but it's nothing like just being stuck on the interstate like you are in most states including tennessee all right let's see who else wrote in it looks like jessica she's from california she came years ago but i remember the things that surprised us the most the bugs had never seen such mutant creatures and the people you don't know around here wave hello to you ben writes much better job opportunities than in northwest iowa and prices highway hey thanks for the shout out unfortunately no pizza ranch down here oh man Listen, folks, this is something we need. We need a pizza ranch. If you've never gone to a pizza ranch, your life will be changed. When I was up in Wisconsin, I went to a pizza ranch, and the pizza was okay. I mean, it's not the greatest stuff in the world, but the chicken. Yeah, it's pizza and fried chicken. Well, it's not fried chicken, I should say. It's roasted chicken, and this stuff is incredible. Plus, they have cherry Coke in the fountain drink. Yeah. And it's not one of those new, weird Coke machines, the Freeform or whatever that is, where you get the flavors from the last person who was... No, none of this. It's the real stuff, real cherry Coke, great roasted chicken, and the pizza is okay as well. So, yes, Ben, you are right. We do need a pizza ranch, and unfortunately, we don't have one. Here's Deb. Deb writes, just moved here from California. Traffic worse than I thought it would be. But folks are nice, and barbecue food is delicious. Well, why not do one more? Let's go. Janelle, she writes, moved here from Florida two and a half years ago. People use turn signals here and are way nicer. Love the different seasons. Traffic about the same. All right, everybody. Now we have Peter Hartzell. He's a transplant from, where are you from, Montana? Yeah, Missoula, Montana. Oh, it's beautiful this time of year, isn't it? 
Yes. The, the, about this time of year is when it gets really pretty. Well, actually, it depends on uh, how much snow. Usually it's either really pretty or a lot of slush yeah. and not really pretty. <laughs> how much snow do you usually get around this time? Well, Missoula is in a valley, and so we get a lot of accumulation in the mountains around the valley. And then uh, a lot of the snow that melts and kind of makes its way into the streets. And um, I would say it really depends. I, a lot of times people think it's really cold where I, where I came from, but because we're in a valley, we're kind of shielded from a lot of the extreme uh, systems. So when we moved to Tennessee, watching storms roll in was a kind of a new thing for me. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I, I did spend some time, lived in Kansas City for a little while, and, and my, my dad's folks are in Minneapolis area. So I, I was a, aware that you could watch a storm front roll in, but not living with it and then coming here in the springtime. Uh, the first storm system in 2015 was pretty intense and being able to watch those systems roll in and, and progress and then move on was pretty awesome. So, well, very cool. Hey, yeah. you, you commented on this Facebook post yes. I, I posted. Imagine that the post that I posted. <laughs> and we talked about it too. <laughs> hey, we should post this. Let's post it and see what people say. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. So before we get into that, just kind of tell the audience who you are, what sure. you do, that kind of thing. How long you've you've lived here? I am your biggest competition in the city. That's that's what I do. I am just right in your heels, nipping it, <laughs> nipping <laughs> all. Your, Isn't that see? That's what kind of guy I am. I bring right. on the competition. Exactly. You keep your enemies close, right? That's right. <laughs> My wife and I uh, moved here in 2015 in February from Western Montana. I was born and raised in Missoula. My wife was born in Florida. We met uh, when we were in. I was in high school. Uh, she was, she's three years younger than me. So met at church, the classic American story yeah. and, uh, fell in love after, uh, a few years of, of just being aware of each other. She was kind of friends with my sisters and, um, but we kind of just knew that we'd end up together. And, um, I went to audio production school, got my certification in recording engineering, and then came to Nashville, uh, to shadow some engineers on music row and figured out really quickly that I did not want to get stuck in a mixing situation for the rest of my life. Um, I love music. I'm a musician, um, and I love the process of creating music, but I, I knew that there were bigger and better things that I wanted to do. Uh, so I, I spent a lot of time learning about marketing, went to school for business administration, marketing, and media arts. Um, so I kind of have a lot, I wear a lot of different hats. And then in uh, 2014-ish, really realized that I'd hit my ceiling and I, I was having a hard time, uh, getting, going to the next level. And, um, I was working for my dad at the time, which was awesome. I learned a lot. Um, and he, he gave me a lot of opportunity to grow. Um, but I, I, I figured out it was time for me to kind of kick myself out and do my own thing for a while and see if I could make it. <laughs> so we moved here. Um, and man, it's just been awesome. The last four or five years, so you wrote in, uh, you're saying, okay, we've already established that you moved here from Montana a little yes. over five years ago. Yep. We've made a lot of fast friends. Lots of fast friends. Yeah. Man, I felt like we had a lot of friends. I was like, man, we are, we are rocking this thing. We're, we've just moved to town and we have all these great friends and we're being invited to dinners and getting to know people. Um, but then I realized that pretty quick that it kind of just stopped at that point. And when I, we started trying to to go deeper in the friendships or the relationships that there was uh, a real kind of gracious pause. And uh, yeah, 
we are glad you're here, but we don't want to go that much deeper yet. Scratch that veneer. What's, yeah, exactly. And, and, um, and that's been totally fine because uh, we've been able to, and, and, and I will say too that a lot of the people that we have gone deeper with since we've been here have all been transplants. They've all been people from like the Northeast or the Northwest uh, that have been looking for the same kind of thing. Uh, they, they wanted to have friends or, or established relationships, but uh, just weren't able to go much deeper. So um, I think that is changing. And Nashville is such a melting pot, and there's so many people from so many different areas. But there sure are a lot of people here still that, that are second, third, fourth generation Tennesseans or from the South. And um, so, man, so Southerners are great at welcoming. They're great at making you feel welcome. Um, my wife said when we first moved to town, it's funny. She said, I was expecting fruit baskets and, you know, all this stuff. And it wasn't like that, you know, uh, Southern hospitality wasn't, it wasn't quite like that, but, uh, in another way, it sort of was in that we were able to shake a lot of hands and, and get a lot of, a lot of good, good feelings. But, uh, not go a lot uh, too deep in the friendship department. So that was something we were really looking for. And I think through finding a church and, and getting plugged in with a community of people that were kind of our age that had kids that were our age really did help as well. So would you say to the audience who was listening in who aren't transplants, you know, we, we enjoy your politeness, but let's go a little deeper. Yeah. And, and I feel like a lot of that probably has has more to do with, I would say it's two sides of the same coin. In the Northwest, people are really hard to break. It's really hard to break the ice. Uh, people generally are, are pretty cold, not cold, not rude, but just there's definitely a wall. And uh, we don't ask those questions. We don't go there yet. And then, but then as you spend time and you're, you're, you're in the same proximity with each other for a period of time and the walls start to break down, then when you establish depth and relationship, you're friends for life. And here, it seems like it's kind of the opposite where you, you can, you can go pretty deep, pretty quick on, on, on the surface level. But then when you get to a certain point, it's like, no, we're not ready for that. And it takes a long time to establish trust and, uh, and there have been a few friends that we've made that are, you know, from the South that we're just starting to feel like, okay, we're, we're getting there. And that's really cool. And maybe it's a territorial thing. Could you be. know, people have been here for, you know, X amount of years. Mm-hmm. And you have all these people coming from all over the place. Yeah. And it's like, wait, hold on, hold on. This is, this is my spot here. That's Come true. On. Absolutely. Well, and I remember there was a, a, a thread on your, on your Facebook group a while ago. Uh, and I noticed there was a lot of, uh, a lot of people that were from the area commenting about the number of people moving from, uh, you know, out of town, out of state, uh, even other parts of Tennessee, you know, and, uh, you know, missing the way things used to be. And, and it just, as, as it goes, as, as anything grows, as any town uh, expands, there's going to be things that change. And, you know, for, for us, we didn't expect that moving to Spring Hill, Honestly, we were planning on moving somewhere in, in Nashville proper or, or Franklin area, um, but we just happened to find the house that we're in now, and we lo- absolutely love it here. I didn't think that that I wanted to be this far south from Nashville, um, but after landing here and realizing, man, this is an amazing city, uh, it, it's really unique in that the community, uh, in fact, I was talking to Jim McCarthy about this the other day. Oh, yeah, our friend Jim. Mm-hmm, and and uh, the great the great voiceover artist, our, our, our other competition, your other, yeah, our other competition, you're uh, the guy that sets you up every week. Um, that 
it seems like I've never been in a town where there's such a vibrant, uh, interactive community on, on a Facebook, uh, on a, any series of Facebook groups. True. Yeah. We are really a virtually connected community. Very much so. Yeah. And so it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of, uh, everyone knows that there's, there's a lot of downside or there could be a lot of downside to it, but also there's a lot of upside to it and you can see people out and, and you kind of feel like you have a connection with them because of maybe some, some comment or some uh, discussion that's being had in one of the many Facebook groups. But there is just, there is a sense of, you know, even though the traffic is bad and there's things that are not comfortable and, and, and maybe inconvenient that we at least understand that our, our leadership recognizes that they feel our pain. Uh, I didn't realize that Mayor Graham was not a full-time paid member uh, on the city uh, payroll, but he he works a real job. He drives the same roads we drive, and he feels our pain. He's in the same face, Facebook groups that we're in, and uh, so there is there is a sense of uh, camaraderie with our city leadership uh, that we still get to have, and that's a small town thing. Even though our city is growing and it's getting bigger, there still is that small town feel. And uh, I think that's one thing that we do want to hang on to and preserve as long as we can. Because uh, then we have a sense of, you know, hey, if I have a problem, someone actually will hear me. And I just wrote respond. him today. I had a question. Yeah. I texted him and he texted me right back yeah. and that's found great. out what, you know, yeah. what was going on. So, yeah, he's really connected there. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, give Spring Hill, Thompson Station area, okay. uh, you know, the 10 stars. If you were to give it any kind of star rating up up to 10, what are we looking at? Uh, is 10 good or bad? 10 is great. Okay. 10 is wonderful. What, like what, are, we, what are we weighing it against? Because there's, there's a lot of things that I think could be ones and a lot that could be nine or tens. All right. From where you come from. Okay. Wow, that's a tough one. Um, man, I would say, okay, I'll, I'll have to, I'd have to start with the fact that, that we are in, uh, where I came from, there, there was no metropolitan. We weren't a suburb of anything. We were just the city. And, we were a suburb of the mountains pretty much. So uh, being a suburb of Nashville, there's a lot of perks to that. I love, uh, so I, I would give it a nine or a 10 on that side because if I need to, if I wanted to go like tonight, we get to go uh, down to Bridgestone and watch a concert. And that's something I didn't have access to. I, I love watching hockey. I grew up playing hockey in Montana, but we didn't have a professional team. I get to take my, my five, six-year-old son with me to hockey games. And that's something that he's going to remember for the rest of his life doing those things. So for, for that, I get to go to Nashville and do the things that I, that big city folk get to do. But then I get to come home to uh, a retreat town like Spring Hill. And so I think that's amazing. And I, I love that about, about living here. But I would say that the traffic, you know, is, is not the best, but it's certainly not terrible. And I think compared to other places in the country, uh, I think the traffic is proportionate. Is is totally fine. It, it's understandable. It's you just kind of you just kind of deal with it. And sometimes it's amazing. <laughs> sometimes it's a little congested. Um, so I, I would say maybe overall, as far as from, from my experiences, I would give Spring Hill an, an eight or a nine. As far as my experiences so far, um, frankly, have no desire to leave. You know, I, I have no desire to move somewhere else. Um, and because I work for myself, the opportunities are plentiful. And the connectivity to Franklin, Nashville, and and then the regional markets uh, is very, uh, very positive. And 
there's a lot of creativity, a lot of opportunity for collaboration, a lot of opportunity for collaboration with your competition, you know, which is awesome. And people generally are excited about the prospect of connecting on some level. And uh, I think that's uh, even on a higher level when you talk about like the music industry and the film industry, a lot of people that are in the professional music industries that live, have come from New York or LA will say the reason they landed in Nashville is because they get to do the same thing that they were doing in those towns on a much higher level and work with a lot of really good people. And that's not always the case in some of those other cities. Um, yeah, and I mean, maybe at some point we can collaborate on a project. Absolutely. That was Peter Hartzell from Spring Hill. Check out his website at treehousemediaco.com. He's got a lot of cool stuff there. And now it's time for Price's Headlines. A local horse noticed you were running late today. Johnson Farm branded mare number 22 was grazing on her favorite patch of grass within the fence property near Kreitz Lane along 431. When she became worried about not seeing you at your normal drive-by time of 7.42 a.m., she felt a wave of relief when she saw you fly by at 7.50, but felt, quote, a little bummed that you didn't notice her. In other news, local driver Martha Munson continues to feel guilty for telling a lie to the Murphy Station gas pump. She is seeking forgiveness after answering no to fuel dispenser number 8 after it asked if she was using a debit card which she most certainly was. She claims that by utilizing the credit option, it gives her account more protection. But in her heart of hearts, she knows that even the whitest lie is still a lie. Sources close to Martha say she is putting in extra volunteer time and is using cash for gas from here on out, despite its inconvenience. And finally, the monster that's living under your bed fell asleep and rolled into the lava never to be seen again. Now you can finally sleep tight. And those were your Price's Headlines. Now for the real headlines, let's check in with Chris Yao, Managing Editor of the Advertiser News of Spring Hill and Thompson Station. All right, we're going to be doing headlines a little differently this time because I'm actually at the Advertiser News of Spring Hill and Thompson Station, your new digs. Yeah, man. Uh, we just moved into our office here at uh, Northfield, and it's really cool being right across the hall from our Chamber of Commerce. gives us a little bit of an insight to the business world, so that's kind of neat, and uh, it's, really, it's really a nice place. I like it. You've got some big stories coming up in the uh, newspaper, don't you? Yes, we do. Um, we'll talk first a little bit about uh, two BOMA stories, a uh, couple of big things come out of last uh, Monday's um, BOMA meeting, uh, number one being the Ripa Villa contract is kind of up for debate. And uh, BOMA seems to have some issues with their funding and uh, trying to figure out how Ripa Villa plans to increase tourism dollars. And uh, their projected increases are much different than maybe the increases that they've actually seen over the past few years. And I think that's, uh, that's where a lot of the concern comes. But um, luckily what I have seen uh, from Ripa Villa and in talking to Bill Benedict, who's on the historical commission and that sort of thing. um, It'll be on the show a little later on too. Yeah, exactly. So, You'll learn. You, you'll get a, to a little bit of an understanding when you realize that Ripa Villa is poised to become a Civil War trail site, an official site. 
That's a big deal. And that's a huge deal. And um, I think that's kind of where that that massive jump in numbers is coming from. The um, the tourism that that particularly will bring is is pretty big. Um, and that's that's going to be something that that we'll see. You know, over the next couple months, you know, they're going to get some signs. I know the historical commission is actually doing signs as well. Uh, so I think they're going to get three signs from the trail and three signs from the historical commission, which is already funded. So, because how cool would that be to start at Ripavilla, kind of the, the start of the Battle of Franklin, really, and to go up the trail and end up in Franklin? Yeah. See, I think a lot of people just bypass two of the most you know important parts of the Battle of Franklin, and that is both the Battle of Spring Hill and the Battle of Thompson Station. Um, I know the Battle of Thompson Station is just right there, right off of 31, and it's kind of a small little area. But both of those played a major part in the Battle of Franklin. So I think getting that little extra backstory of, you know, the the guy falling asleep and letting, you know, the Union soldiers pretty much just pilgrimage through uh, without much of a fight is, is pretty important. So... Getting that designation will really enhance the uh, the tourism experience for Ripa Villa. Looks like something is going on with the town center as well. Yeah, speaking of Bill Benedict, he's on the town center uh, task force as well. And they presented their first uh, presentation to the BOMA last meeting as well. I think that's where this is one of those situations where everybody's really interested in where the town center is going to be and how do we make it a town center because we don't have one and essentially this is what the the plan is and i'm highly paraphrasing here bill please don't be mad at me but it's, it's essentially making the old downtown where the old school kissing house um the old fire station slash town hall it was everything and making all of that walkable and connectable with what is going to be Kedron Square. And that's super important because with the new Kedron Square and all the new cool things, we need to find a way to be to connect it to the history of Spring Hill. And that's uh that's kind of their their plan. Um Alicia Fitz is, you know, loving the idea of keeping downtown kind of revitalized and maybe seeing some, you know, some of the, the older buildings spruced up. I mean, you see fireflies and you see fanning goat and they're doing a lot of great things with this. So it's only going to get better um, once Kedron Square is is finished, which is going to take a while, but it's going to be great. All right. Well, those are the headlines this time. Thanks so much, Chris, for joining us and inviting me down to your new digs. Yeah. Um, it's really cool, and uh, if you guys would like, come by our Northfield office. We have some papers out front if you don't get one, so feel free to grab a couple of papers out here and uh, just come by and say hello, and we'll, we'll let you have some coffee or whatever, and just make sure you pick up the paper. Just want to throw out a quick, uh, cool little mention. There's a, there's a story in the paper about a local rock group. I don't know if you saw them. Um, they posted on Facebook just a snippet of their, their new single called Checkmate. And the rock group is, is named Blue Ashes. They're awesome. Uh, the whole album is awesome. If you like rock music, 
it's one that you really want to pick up and they, they live right here. You can find that story in the paper and you can find the story and their video um, on our website at advertisernews.biz. So check it out. Oh, very nice. Hey, maybe they'll be on the show. Just give them a call. All right. And come down and see Chris anytime. And they are at the Northfield Complex in entrance number 400. Yes, uh, it's it's entrance 400. You take a left, go like you would to uh, the chamber office. And we're right across the hall from the chamber. So. All right, Chris, thanks so much. Absolutely. All right, that was Chris Gow from the Advertiser News of Spring Hill and Thompson Station, our media sponsor. Hey, this show is also powered by in-house digital media, helping you elevate, educate, and expand your brand. And, of course, it's presented by Price Sells Homes. Don't think twice. Call Carrie Price at 615-497-3317. Carrie Price, she's your Williamson County real estate expert. Still a lot left to get to in this show, but join us next time as Carrie joins us in the studio with another edition of her featured piece called Carrie's Calendar. So we'll see what's going on for the month of March next time. All right, everybody, it is time for yet another history lesson here on Price's Highway. And with me is Bill Benedict, the chairman of the Spring Hill Historic Commission. How are you doing, Bill? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? Doing doing awesome. Hey, well, you know, a lot of people have asked, and they're new here, uh, you know, where is the downtown? Was there ever a downtown in Spring Hill? Because we're kind of confused. Um, and the answer is, of course, yes. But two major events really shaped what is now the downtown area. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. And, you know, I think in our last conversation when we touched on, you know, some of the history of the Kissing House, I, I said it was kind of a hidden gem, right? And I think a lot of people are confused or, or misled when you're, you're driving down Main Street and you don't see a lot of these historic buildings, right? And, and you're correct. There is a, a very distinct downtown area, and there are hidden gems throughout downtown. We have multiple historic churches, uh, cemeteries, uh, you know, uh, significant architecture properties, etc. But there, there really are few and far between. Um, and some of the main results or main reasons for that are some pretty tragic events that happened in the downtown area. You know, the, the first major catastrophe was in the 1930s when the west side of Main Street, which at the time was populated with multiple businesses, had a major fire. Um, and it destroyed most of the east side of downtown Main Street. There were just a few buildings that actually survived. And back in those days, you know, there's no fire department to come out and, uh, you know, get out the tower and uh, start spraying. So it was Buckets a lot of and horses, right? <laughs> That's right. So it happened on a Sunday morning, right, where people were at church. And, you know, there, I've heard some stories about, you know, firsthand accounts of people who are in church and men coming in, taking people out, saying, hey, we got to go get you. And then everybody's like, well, what's going on? What's going on? And the kids weren't allowed to go out in some circumstances. But uh, tell us a little bit more about that fire and uh, just kind of the devastation it, it had in that area. Yes, it was a quite a, a tragic event. Um, you know, the the losses to the local businesses were were considerable, and it actually spread onto what is currently the children's home. And there were uh, a few buildings that were were destroyed at that site as well. Um, you know, there are stories of uh, you touched on 
people being in church uh, when the fire was occurring, one of the more unique stories around Grace Episcopal Church is, uh, you know, the altar and altar rail or hand carved pieces that are pretty, pretty significant heirlooms for Spring Hill history. But at the time, um, you know, they, they wanted to save that. And there was orders given to uh, a local girl that if the fire reached the church to actually take the axe and cut those pieces out. Wow. And that is the church with the red door right there on uh, Main Street and uh, Duplex, right? Correct. Yes, that's Grace Episcopal Church. And it was built in the 1870s. It's another great example of Carpenter Gothic architecture. So it's kind of like a sister property to the, the Kissing House. Okay, so that was in the 1930s. And then not too many decades later, something else devastating happened to that downtown area. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so in... Uh, January 10th, 1963, there was a major tornado that struck the downtown Spring Hill area as well. Uh, It essentially crossed at the intersection of Main and Duplex. Um, And there was devastation up to, I think, half a million dollars at that time. Which, I mean, in today's dollars, that's really high. It's considerably, yes. I think it's something like two point. Six million, yeah, with the, when, with inflation, and it, it's pretty amazing. You know, that was actually quite a populated area with businesses and motels, etc. And it's pretty amazing because nobody was actually uh, there were no fat- fatalities in the event. Um, in the newspaper, it does kind of laughingly say that there were some victims, but they were actual cattle on a farm. So that was pretty interesting. <laughs> You know, and I think that's, you know, those two major events have really played a part and presented a challenge to having a centralized downtown. You know, as stated, there's a lot of unique locations that still, uh, you know, have thrived through, you know, those tragedies. But, uh, you know, I, I think that knowing of these locations is very important to, you know, establishing an identity in a downtown. Absolutely. Well, Bill, thank you so much for being on this episode and looking forward to many more. I appreciate it, Steve. Thanks for having me. All right. My next guest is, I call him Mr. Barbecue. He runs CD's Barbecue, and if you haven't had it, you need to try it. In fact, whenever we have a party here at our house, we usually get him to cater it because it's that dang delicious. Chris was nice enough to come by the Prices Highway studio right after an eye appointment with his eyes fully dilated. So here we go. Hope you enjoy this interview. Chris Davis is in the Prices Highway studio. Chris, how are you? I'm good, and you? Doing, doing well. Yeah. It, it took long enough to make this happen, but here we are. Yeah, how many uh, How many phone calls did we have? About uh, 19? One, two. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, kidding, yeah. No, because you, you've been very busy. I tried to get you on the show uh, in the October-November time frame and you yeah, were luck. slammed yeah yeah and anytime before that man it's just yeah it was um i'm here now though yeah you are yeah and we'll talk about the three b's we'll talk about bodybuilding we'll talk about barbecue and we'll talk about baseball How oh about man yeah it's almost like you know me or something man <laughs> oh. just kind of kind of yeah. a little bit so uh, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, you are from Lewisburg, correct? Absolutely. Born and raised. Born and raised. All right. So what? Go Tigers. <laughs> so okay. So what was your first gig? What was your first job ever? First job ever. Oh man. Well, I used to work for my dad. He was a brick and block mason, and I think I started with him when I was six years old. 
And gosh, man, I was working for him for maybe so I was about twenty one. Okay. And then after that, um, you know, mowing yards, collecting cans, uh, just really doing anything to you know make money. And then uh, I got a my I guess my first real real job was when I was. 15, my sophomore year in high school, um, I got a job at uh, Superama. And Superama. Superama. Oh, man. yeah. Tegan Superama. <laughs> <laughs> I so what were you that, doing there? Oh, man. Dude, I was uh, bagging groceries. Yeah, everything? Everything, yeah. man. Yeah, then I got a, uh, actually got a little promotion. I was the office manager. and Telling people what to do now, huh? Uh, yeah. Y- yeah, I guess you could say <laughs> But the public yeah. always tells you what to do, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Paper or plastic, man. Yeah. That's, you know. Um. <laughs> okay, so what were some of like, the life lessons you learned? Because there had to have been some life lessons learned mm-hmm. in a grocery store because that's where life happens. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'd probably say the biggest thing that I've I learned is how to communicate with people, man. Sure. You know, because, you know, no matter what happens, when somebody walks through that door, they could be having you know, the worst day of their life or they could be having a good day. And you just don't know. And um, I do remember one day I was checking this guy out and um, he was like, you know, one thing you need to learn is when you talk to people, you need to learn how to, you need, you need to mean it. You know, if you ask somebody how their day is going, don't just ask them and go through the motions. If somebody's having a bad day, actually care and, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I picked up on that. You know, I was about, you know, 16 years old, I believe, at the time. And, um, you know, and the older I got, I just realized, you know, there's, you know, people need people, you know. And, you know, we need to know that people matter. And what better place than a grocery store? You know, you see, you know, all different kinds of people walk through that door. And, you know, if... All you have to do is ask somebody, hey, you know, how are you, how are you doing? And they, you know, they could start smiling. They could punch you in the mouth, you know. <laughs> so it's, you know. That usually happens everywhere I go. Right, right. <laughs> right. And, I, you know, I've had to contain myself a couple of times, but, you know, I like <laughs> you, so no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, yeah, you know, <clears throat> you know, and that's that's been my, you know, biggest takeaway from working at the grocery store, man, and, you know, and also, you know, how to manage people. And, you know, and that's something else I'll probably talk about later is, you know, with my, you know, with my experience in coaching is just, you know, realizing how to, you know, manage people and all the different personalities and things like that. Yeah, great lesson to learn when you're that young. Okay, so you went from the Super Rama. Right. Where are we going now? So let's fast forward to 2007. And, uh, so that's when I graduated college okay. and we'll, you know, we have fast forward to 2007 and then we'll rewind probably four weeks before I graduate. <clears throat> Wait a minute. In college, didn't you have like a, a famous roommate? Yes. Um, so his name is Joey Graney. He yeah. is the, uh, he's the strength and conditioning coach for the, at the time he was with the Royals and now he's with the Tampa Bay Rays. There you go. So yeah, he's, uh, he's another person that's very special to me and changed my life when I was in college. And, um, I love that guy to death, man. He's a really good guy and, uh, really opened my eyes as far as like, you know, workouts and just, you know, how to, you know, carrying yourself and, um, you know, as far as like nutrition and everything goes. So he's, a he's, 
highly recommended, man. So, okay, sorry about that. Yeah, so, no, so it's you, okay. It's so okay. What college did you go to? Uh, Martin Methodist College. I uh, played four years of baseball there and um, graduated. And uh, so my degree is in um, sports management with a concentration in health and nutrition. And so, um, so we're here. We are in 2007, and we're going to uh, rewind to probably about six, four to six weeks before I graduated. <clears throat> And we're having our conference tournament, and um, we are, I think we're playing U- Union University, and my mentor was like, hey, Chris, do you have a uh, internship lined up yet? I was like, no, for what? You know, he was like, well, if you want to graduate, you got to have an internship. I was like, dude, I ain't got no darn internship, man. <laughs> so um, I was like, well, let me call some people up right quick, so... You know, uh, I had some people that called up a couple guys. <laughs> you know, so I called the the predators. I was like, "Hey, do y'all have anybody any uh, you know internships open?" They're like, "No, we're full." I called the the sounds, and uh, I was like, "Do y'all have anything?" He's they're like, "No, we're full." I was like, "What do you mean you're full? This is four weeks before I graduate. You're supposed to have some something lined up for me." Yeah, come on, man. What are you and, doing? Uh, so, um, so they didn't have anything, and so. The gym that I had used for about four years uh, was called Harvey's Gym, and uh, so I knew the manager there, so I called her, and I was like, Miss Darlene, please tell me that you have a need for a, you know, a, a management intern. She's like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, hallelujah. Oh, uh, you know, so we got that lined up, and then, um, so we ended up getting beat. And uh, my mentor was like, well, you need to get your paperwork signed and, you know, everything filled out so we can get you, you know, get, get you ready to graduate. Yeah. I was like, all right. So we get everything lined up and everything started, you know, going as planned. And I walked in my first day and, you know, she was like, all right, you need to, uh, you know, the tanning beds need cleaning and I was like, Miss Darlene, uh, I have no idea about a tanning bed. <laughs> and she was like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't use tanning beds, man. <laughs> and <laughs> um, so, um, <laughs> Chris, why don't you use a tanning bed? Uh, they're not good for your skin. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry about that. Anyways. Enjoy your lovely beverage. Right. We'll, we'll um, wait. That's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're crazy, man. <laughs> so um, you know, I'm cleaning the that's, tanning beds. Yeah, you know, that's the nicest thing you ever said to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so the tanning beds are clean, the treadmills are clean, and you know, I, you know, going around talking to people, asking how their experience is so far, yada yada yada. So fast forward, probably about um, a few weeks in, she's like, um, I, "I need you to start helping me train people." I was like, I have zero interest in training people. I'm here for a management internship, and um, you know, next She's clock like, in, clock cl- out, clock yeah, in, yeah. clock out. Let me do my thing, and you know, out the door. She was like, so what? Are you, what is your main goal with this internship? I was like, I want to, you know, probably own a gym, you know, own a baseball team or something to that nature. And she was like, how are you going to, you know, manage a gym if you don't know how to train people, manage people, and, you know, go that route? And Did you say, well, you know, I worked at the Superama. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. You know, Superama has given me everything that I need to be successful in life. 
And um, so she's like, okay, well, um, you know, when you come in tomorrow, uh, we'll talk about it. I was like, okay. So, you know, tomorrow comes, I show up. And I have eight people on my uh, on my schedule train. I was like, Miss Darlene, what are you doing? She's like, I'm not asking you anymore. I'm telling you. And from that point forward, it like I fell in love with it. And that's been my, you know, um, I've been training for professionally for about 12 years now. And I think um, the last eight years I've had my own business. And man, it's been um, it's been it's been amazing. And it's like I said, I, I can't, um, I can't, you know, you can't really put a price on it. <laughs> oh, oh, you see what I did oh, there? I you can't put did. a price on it. And, um, it just kind of slipped out. Sorry. And I mean, I, I love it, man. And I've got some of the hands down the best clients. I know every trainer says it, but, uh, I really mean it. You know, I have people I, tr- I try to get rid of and they keep coming back and I don't know why, but, um, <laughs> You know, it's it's been one of the best experiences I've, I've I've had, man, and uh, you know, so. Well, it must be kind of cool seeing somebody transform, you know, within months, just because of the uh, the training schedule you put them on. Right, right, yeah. It's you it's know, gonna be inspiring. It is, man, and that's what keeps me going because they rely on me to help get them, you know, to the you know to where they need to be, and um, you know, and. I push, I push them pretty, pretty hard. And, um, you know, and they've, uh, man, yeah, I feel sorry for them sometimes, man, but they've, you know, they, they put in the work and everything and, you know, it's, you know, I can, I can, there's a saying that you can't out train a bad diet and, uh, that is, it's true. And so I, I really try to, you know, get them to focus a whole lot on their nutrition because, that's where most of their your results are going to come from. You know, you can't just, you know, eat a plate full of brownies and, blah, 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 you know, and go over here and run a mile. It's just not going to work like that, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I've, I've been able to uh, work with some of the, you know, some great trainers. Uh, Courtney English has been one of my, you know, uh, partners for one, some of the, the longest time. And uh, we played baseball together, and he was one of my roommates, and – um, in college. And then we've, you know, grown up in the fitness world and he got me to, uh, do a fitness competition one year. And man, uh, that's a whole different animal. And I did, I did it once and that was a one and done and he's still living that lifestyle. And, uh, he's a, he's a machine man. So a salute to him because, uh, that's a, whew, yeah. <laughs> well, I noticed you're wearing a Patriot baseball jersey here. yes or, well uh, it's not a jersey. it's kind of a just jersey shirt but, yeah uh, I, I wear my jersey everywhere i go yeah this is a well, you, uh, three-quarter sleeve well you, you knew you're coming over so right. you know, dress up for me right um yeah so the patriots that's uh page right page page, page patriots correct that's, uh for the folks at home who don't know that's uh in franklin tennessee just mm-hmm. right up the road absolutely um so i was at work one day man and uh i was like you know uh, I've got to, I got to get back into baseball at some point. And, uh, so I sent my resume out to about probably what, about 50, 45, 50 schools in middle Tennessee, just, you know, asking if, you know, if there was a need for a strength coach or a, you know, or an extra, a coach or, um, and so I got four emails, uh, back and one of them said, no, one of them said, no, one of them said, yes. 
And that one that said yes was uh, Paige. And so I was like, sweet. Baseball is your passion, though, right? Absolutely, man. I've been playing uh, baseball since I was four years old, and I haven't missed a year yet. I'm still playing right now, and, um, you know, not as many games, but, you know, I try to go out, you know, and play, uh, you know, five to eight games or however many games my wife will let me. Um, (laughs) And so, uh, so I go out and I still play, and, you know, now it's, you know, it's still competitive, but I still, you know, go out just to, you know, stay in shape and, you know, be around the guys and, um, it's, it's, I love it, man. But what is it like working with, uh, with the kids? So, um, so first of all, uh, coach Rutten, um, I, I can't think, I still, I, I can't thank him enough, man. He gave me an opportunity that, you know, a bunch of people, you know, either said no, or, uh, you know, I got looked over for an opportunity to, uh, to coach. And, um, but, you know, Paige has been, um, one of the biggest blessings of my life because I was able to, you know, work with these guys and, you know, you have some kids driving four wheel, four, you know, four wheel drive, you know, these diesel trucks. And then you've got some kids driving, you know, uh, BMWs. And so they're completely different. And, uh, I was like, how in the world am I going to get these guys to buy in on us winning a baseball game? Super Rama. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're going to go back to my Super Rama days. How <laughs> are you going to manage exactly. two people who have nothing in common and uh, to get them to buy in on either paper or plastic? You know? <laughs> so um, No, but it's true because, I mean, if you didn't have that job, how would you have – you know, train these kids. Right. 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 You know, and, um, so, you know, and, you know, we, we, we took some, uh, you know, that I think it's the, a, I forgot the, the name of it, but there's a coach's clinic put on by the, uh, by the MLB. And, uh, we went there and, you know, all these, you know, major league coaches are there talking about their experiences and how to, you know, what worked for them, what didn't work for them. And they were like, well, take our experience and make it your own. And, so, um, so year one, man, I was, gosh, I was so nervous and, you know, because, you know, I'm from Lewisburg and Lewisburg and Paige were big rivals growing up. And so we, um, you know, we played against, against Paige and huge district rivals. And so I'm going in, I'm like, all right, tippy toeing. I'm like, all right, do they really know that I'm from Lewisburg that they, you know, that I'm from there, you know? And so you know, year one, we're playing my old, my old high school. And I'm like, gosh, this feels so weird being on the other side, you know? And so I was like, you know, I I had, so I had to take that mindset and put it aside and realize like, I'm here to help these kids turn, you know, turn them from boys to men. And, um, great group, by the way, you know, and (laughs) yeah, they're what heavy metal, right? That's that's more my style. So, (laughs) um, and so, you know, it was, um, you know, all in all, man, it was, one of the best experiences and I, I still, you know, um, and, you know, talk to these kids, um, and they, they've already, they've already graduated and moved on. And, you know, uh, one of them is playing at MTSU right now, Peyton Wigginson. He's a, you know, a great kid. Um, Christian Tidmore, he's a, uh, firefighter now. And, uh, he's, you know, if I needed something right now, I could ask him and he would be there within 10 minutes. He's just one of those guys, man. And, um, it's, it's the relationships that you build and, you know, and keep in touch with these guys, you know, over a period of time and just seeing them grow and, um, you know, but baseball is just a bonus and, you know, you can only play for so long. 
and it's you know what you do the the sport gives you so much and at some point when you stop playing you gotta you know you gotta give back and I think Ron Washington from the Braves said that you know he was like you know you give give baseball your all and at some point you know it'll you know it'll get you gotta you gotta gotta get back you know so um and so that's why I felt like you know when I was at work that day I was like I gotta get back into baseball you know and it's it's been you know, part of my life since I was four years old and, you know, my son, he just, he'll be five, you know, pretty soon. So, and, um, I think he, he likes it just as much as I do. So, um, he's got no choice really, but you know, <laughs> how did you get from baseball to barbecue? Because folks, if, if, if you just take anything from this, call him for his barbecue, it's CD's barbecue and talk about the transition, uh, to barbecue. So, um, it was, um, I want to say about nine years ago, a uh, buddy of mine, David Zimmerly, he was like, he, you ever thought about, you know, making barbecue? And I was like, you know, I, I like it. I can, you know, I'll, I'll look into it. Yeah. So we're, we're sitting here and uh, he was like, well, if you ever, you know, have any questions when you do one, let me know. When I say do one, do a, a shoulder so or a butt. So, um we were sitting here, and uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try one this weekend. So um, I got it going. I was texting David. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, what about this? What about that? And, uh, man, I probably blew his phone up 20, 30 times at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. He was like, no, I told you. Here we go. Here, you know, so we're, you know, uh, sitting down there. And, man, so my daughter had her first birthday party, and so I, I cooked some barbecue for that. And, um, you ever had a, a shoe from Payless? Have I ever eaten a yeah, shoe from Payless? Yeah. You ever tried uh, it? Twice. Twice. Okay. So you it's have soul food. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I see what you did there. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. So, um, I'm here all week. Don't forget to tip your waitresses on the way out. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so that's kind of what it tasted like, man. And it was, um, man, it, it was, uh, I didn't think it really tasted as good. Um, and so I was like, you know, I need to, you know, figure out what I did wrong. And so from that birthday party, I had like six other little catering gigs pop up, you know, and, uh, and man, from that, from that point, it, it like, it just kind of, you know, when you're, when you're, whenever your hobbies kind of take over and it becomes like a, like a, I guess a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Put it, like, a lot of time into it now. Yes. Huh? I mean, I mean, it, it just, you know, I, I blink a couple times, man. And it just, uh, gosh, it, it really, you know, I've that, like I said, that was about seven or eight years ago. And here we are now, man. And, uh, so I don't know if you like researched this or not, but I'm sure you did. Sure I did. Yeah. Um, but lots of research, yeah, hours of research, hours and hours. Yeah. But, um, I think it's either this or next week, well, it would be my first full year having a food truck. Wow. Yeah. Get you. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, man. And um, and it's, um, you know, I, it was probably one of the best birthday presents ever, man, because uh, one of my clients, uh, Bob Clark, he, um, you know, he told me he was like, you know, quit dragging your feet. And if, you know, this is something that you want to do, let me know and I hope you get it started. And, um, you know, and you've, you, you, you know, you meet people along the way, I'll tell you, they'll do something, but they don't pull the trigger. And, um, he was like, well, if you don't stop dragging your feet, I'm, 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 I'm backing out. And I'm like, oh, this dude's serious, you know? And so 
we talked about it and, uh, you know, and then ran it by Jesse, which is my wife. And she was like, oh, I guess. All right. So we said, all right. And we, you know, looked a few more weeks and we found a good fit and man, it, it blew up, man. And, um, I think this past September we had eleven events or something like something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah, you couldn't even get you on the show, like I said. You know, you're 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 a busy guy, and you're also doing the farmers market too over in Nolensville. Nolensville well. farmers market, um, and this upcoming year we'll probably have the uh, Franklin farmers market a couple times. Oh and, wow, very cool. Um, you know, just a you know schools uh, back to school bash at Bethesda. Um, we have the fall festival at Bethesda, the fall festival at uh, College Grove. Um, fun Fridays back in Lewisburg. Um, so, yeah, man, it, it was, uh, you know, it, it's just been, uh, gosh, and the, and the, really, really, the real reason why I got into it, man, is, you know, I guess I'm a, I'm a people person, and um, people just don't communicate anymore, you know, and I just went back to the two things that, you know, get people communicating is, good food and, uh, sports, you know, those are the two things that, you know, get people together. They put their differences aside and they're able to focus on one thing in that moment. And I was like, well, if there's anything that I can do to kind of not change the world, but you know, it, at that point in time, if I can get two people who don't know each other to communicate, put their differences aside and just start talking to each other, get to know each other and, that way that, you know, they can see each other, see each other as a person and, um, and not just, you know, judge people, but you know, if they're not, if they're eating bad barbecue, they can judge each other, but no, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, and it's, that's, uh, you know, and, um, you know, I used to work for my dad and now, you know, he kind of helps me when he can or whatnot and just, you know, watching the grill and it gives me time to, you know, spend time with him and, um, you know, and it's just, you know, kind of just one of those things you kind of fall into. Like I had no interest in training people and here I am 12 years later, you know, still doing it. And, um, I, you know, if it went, if it went for David Zimmerly kind of, you know, bring it to my attention, then I, you know, not sure if I even be doing this right now or, you know, I wouldn't be having this podcast with you right now. That's right. You know, yeah. so, um, and, uh, you know, it's just been, you know, like I said, a, a chance to get out and meet people and, you know, talk to people and, uh, you know, everything is text message, phone, like, you know, emails or, you know, social media and yeah, all that stuff is fine and a dandy and all, man. But, you know, whenever you don't talk to people and, you know, people need people, we need a human interaction. And, you know, um, and I think that's why, you know, there's so much you know, crazy going in a world, man, because just people don't communicate. And back to the, again, Superama, that guy, when I was 15 years old, told me, when you talk to somebody, actually, you know, mean it. Just, just, just don't go through the motions. You know, if you ask somebody how their day is, be ready to, if they're having a bad day, be ready to, you know, hear about it. And you don't have to, you know, provide them with the answers. Just, you know, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason, you know, you need to listen twice as much as you talk. CD's Barbecue. People can find you on Facebook. Facebook, yes. That's uh, CD's. It's C-D apostrophe S-B-B-Q. Kind of like Chris Davis Barbecue. 
Yeah, there you just go. Just like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Man, I didn't think about doing it like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's why they pay me the big bucks, Chris. That, that's right. That's right. Um, and then uh, my cell phone number is 931-637-9154. And uh, I'm also on uh, Instagram, which is uh, CDS underscore BBQ. And then my Twitter is BBQCDS. Chris, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And uh, I think uh, you've inspired a lot of people out there. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for uh, having me out here. And um, I'm sorry it took me so long to get out here, man. And um, I'm just glad that we were able to, you know, link up and get out here and get it done. So, uh, but I do have one more question for you. No, oh, jeez. Uh, this whole segment. Why has your hand been on my knee? Are you still? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm needy. Yeah, just a little needy. All right, Chris. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you, man. And um, I'm very proud of you and what you've accomplished so far. And uh, keep it up, man. Well, thanks. Yes, sir. All right, everybody. Well, that just about does it for this episode of Prices High with the podcast. Can you believe we've done nine of these already? Wow. Hey, thanks for tuning in, and if you're new to the show or if you just want to get more and more episodes right when they come out, go ahead and smash that subscribe button, and that'll happen for you. I want to thank my guests for being on the show today. I also want to thank our presenting sponsor, Carrie Price at Price Sells Homes. Don't think twice. Call Carrie Price at 615-497-3317. That number again is 615-497-3317. Carrie Price, your Williamson County real estate expert. And the show is powered by in-house digital media, helping you elevate, educate, and expand your brand. Learn more about in-house digital media at inhousedigitalmedia.com. All right, that does it for this episode. We will see you next time. Buckle up and stay safe out there. You've been listening to Price's Highway, a Steve Price totally terrible podcast production. 